It's time for the VolQuest podcast, where we dissect the biggest news items of the week. Good Tuesday, everyone. Welcome to the VolQuest.com podcast, presented by our good friends at Smoky Mountain Organics, East Tennessee's most trusted health and wellness store. Folks, you can see on natural products and organic remedies at Smoky Mountain Organics, four locations for you, Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge, Sevierville, and of course, their location in Knoxville, just down from Westtown Mall, across from Trader Joe's there on Kingston Pike. You can always visit them online at SmokyMountainOrganics.com. That's Smoky Mountain Organics with Rob Lewis and Austin Price of Brent Hobbs. Glad to have you along with us. A few odds and ends to get to here uh, on this Tuesday edition of the podcast as Tennessee has wrapped up spring practice. Uh, they're on the road, getting ready to be on the road doing some recruiting. Josh Heupel is going to be on the road uh, kissing babies on the Big Orange Caravan. Uh, we've got basketball out there in the transfer market, and we've got baseball being baseball. And uh, let's start with a little bit of baseball. You guys were in the in the ballpark over the weekend. Uh, pretty intense series between Tennessee and Alabama. What's your what's your takeaway from from Tony Vitello in the four game suspension and um, this this kind of how all that went down uh, in, in seeing that happen. I think that until referees, umpires, or officials are held to the same standard that coaches and players are, you know, you're going to continue to see these from time to time. Tony was in the wrong. He shouldn't have bumped him. Now, the guy, you know, that uh, looked like Dennis Rodman, you know, getting hit by Carl Malone, where he flopped around there and acted like he was eviscerated. Um, but you know, I mean, Tony shouldn't have bumped him, you know, four games. He'll be back. Sadly for Tony, he don't just get to stay home. He gets to go sit in a hotel in Gainesville next weekend and wait till Sunday gets here. Um, but they'll be fine. Uh, you know, the biggest news is, is Dolander, you know, just having a deep brome bruise. So now it's just kind of a waiting game. Is he out a week? Is he out two weeks? Is he back by this weekend? Um, a lot of ice and recovery and that type of thing. That's huge, in my opinion, just because, you know, you, you you have that natural, like, built-in guy ready to step in, you know, in Blade Tidwell. But, you know, now you don't necessarily have to do that long-term. You still have a, a really nice four-man rotation. Uh, Hubbard, I tell you who I felt sorry for, but just speaking from personal experience, was the who I felt the most sorry for were the, the 35- to 55-year-old female crowd in attendance at, at Friday night's game, I know I, I had a I had a I had a guest with me who was heartbroken. That to, that Tony was that, that Tony, Tony was, was thrown out. That, that Tony yeah. that Tony didn't make that it. Tony was the, gone. There was, there was gonna be no chance to catch a glimpse of him. You know, walking <laughs> out to change pictures. <laughs> so, you know that's that's the real that that's the real tragedy. Attendance dropped by twenty percent for the midweek game. <laughs> I, I was I will say this. We'll get we'll get back to a couple of baseball bigger picture baseball things. The, the Dolander news is is significant, as you mentioned, Austin, because you get Chase Burns, who's in a situation where he's not performed well the last two Friday nights. So you were kind of already thinking Friday night after that loss, not just because he lost, but he hadn't pitched well the last couple of weeks. Maybe Tidwell's going to take that spot. Then you got Dolander on Saturday. Uh, th- th- then you then you got Drew Beam on Sunday, and you're really seamless there in your rotation, and you're bringing yeah. in an all conference type pitcher as a new guy in on Friday. Um, now you, you may get to do that at some point if you feel like you need to, because Chase Burns fastball is not doing what it was doing earlier in the year. And where is he at? In the meantime, you can just slide Tidwell into the Saturday rotation until Dolander's back. 
and, and then you can go from there. But uh, long term for Tennessee, if Dolander is going to pitch again this year, and it sounds like he will with the bone bruise, th- then that's going to be a huge benefit for Tennessee in, in postseason play. Uh, I, I think aside from the injuries, I think this weekend was exactly what Tennessee needed. They lost on Friday night. They got hacked off about it. Their head coach was hacked off about it Saturday morning or Saturday day, Saturday night, gets thrown out. You're right, they'll survive the suspension. I think this is the middle-of-the-season reset that this baseball team needed. Not that they've been bad, but, Rob, I think you need something to, to, to kind of grab your attention and reset the things a little bit. I thought Tennessee reset on Sunday. I thought they were, they were you know, obviously more aggressive. I thought they were much better Sunday than they were Friday or Saturday, uh, even though they found a way to win that game Saturday night. I, I just think it's a good reset for Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, it, sound, it sounds silly and counterintuitive to say, oh, man, you, you need to lose one. But, I mean, I think in a season as long as college baseball, I mean, I, I really – I mean, it, again, it sounds silly, but I really think you kind of do, you know, to just – like you said, to look in the mirror. I mean, you're, you're, I, I, I know a million coaches have said it, but I, I always think, I always think of Coach Fulmer saying it. Things, things aren't as, aren't as bad as, you know, they're, they're never as bad as you think they are. They're never as good as you think they are. You know, it's, it's, it's somewhere in the middle. And I, I think it was, it was good for Tennessee to, you know, kind of get, get punched in the mouth, not just on Friday night, but against Tennessee Tech as well. I mean, I know that was a weird game at Smoky Stadium, Wood Bats, but, um, I mean, I just, I just feel like I'm, I'm. I mean, I think you said it best, Robert. But I think it was good for them to hit reset, kind of, you know, basically at you know, not the, not technically the, the middle of the year, but you know, pretty close, you know, midway through the season. Uh, I mean, I, I think it was a, a you, know, you lose one game, you're so far ahead in the, in the division, it doesn't matter. I mean, I, I think it was really beneficial. It's interesting um, in that you see Arkansas post game talking about Tennessee and the LSU deal about, you know, how they're looking forward to taking on. I mean, Tennessee's in this conference's head pretty good right now. Uh, and, and a lot of teams in, in this conference, they're, they're, they're on the forefront of a lot of people's minds, and they're not liked by a lot of people. Uh, this baseball team seems to enjoy that. You, you think everybody else surrounding Tennessee likes the fact that, that Tennessee's the villain? Yeah, I do. I mean, uh, you know, I – I think that that Tennessee plays way way better as an athletics program when they get doubted, when they when they feel like they're wronged, you know, um, you know the fans. It's you know, somebody said this out on the porch on Saturday. You know, sometimes the Tennessee fan base just needs to kind of you know be wronged early, and then all of a sudden they come alive, which is the worst thing that can happen for opposing teams, especially for a, a, any Tennessee athletic event home game. Um, you know, it was it was it was you know, rowdy on Saturday, rowdy on Sunday. Now the game kind of got out of hand on Sunday. So it was, you know, it was a different kind of rowdy. Um, but there when it was, you know, they pulled it to three to two on, on, you know, on Saturday, you know, it, it you know, kind of got a little, you know, tense in there and then home run, home run, it was back five, two and they pulled away. But, you know, I do, I think that Tennessee embraces the villain role. I think this, the players on this team embrace the villain role. I think Tony loves it. And, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, when you can embrace being the bad guy, it's a lot easier to play that role. Yeah, I, w- I would agree. I think this I think this program as a whole through the years has been better when it's that there's a chip on their shoulder. I mean, they find something to be agitated about. I mean, Josh Heupel's got a little of that right now. and Nobody really cares, but 
what what was it the ESPN one of those preseason things came out. There were nine SEC teams, nine SEC teams listed in the top twenty-five. Tennessee yeah, but that thing's a joke. That, that, that FPI. I mean, it, I, no, I agree. It, it's, it perfect it's perfect for Josh It's perfect for Josh This is this is the same place that that found some kind of bulletin board material from Deshaun Jackson for the Cal game in 06, where all he said was he wasn't sure. How, like he didn't even he didn't like he didn't say anything bad about Tennessee, and they they plastered a quote and sort of manipulated that thing all over the locker room for months. I mean, wow. you, you know, every coach uses everything that they can get. Are to, you to, saying Tennessee athletics is that Tennessee athletics is that high school coach that takes no. a, a big, a big, a big bed sheet and goes up there and tapes it up to the stands <laughs> from the opposing team and says, you see what they did to you? No. You see what they did to you guys? And they get no. fired up. And they say, uh, uh, just, just since you mentioned him, here's a blast of the past. It shows how old both of us are, but also what a great, athlete Deshaun Jackson is I covered him in the U.S. Army All-American game and Adam Myers White guarded him and that guy, that dude is still playing in the NFL <laughs> and Adam Myers White's a doctor somewhere I think at this point Deshaun Jackson's still playing still playing yeah heck of an athlete did not have a good go of things when he came to Knoxville but anyway but he did a year later when he took that punt back in Berkeley <laughs> yes Yes, he did. It made everybody in orange miss, or everybody in a, in a road uniform miss for sure. Um, so let's go back to baseball real quick because they're going to hit the big orange caravan scene tonight in Chattanooga, and and they're going to have multiple talking points. We'll get to that for a second. But I think one of the questions Danny White's going to be asked is about renovations to Lindsey Nelson Stadium. Okay, you guys have been there, stood out, sat out in the porches, watched games. I've been out there as well. They got fifty-seven million dollars for base for baseball renovations. Okay, if you're if you're te- if you're talking to Danny White, and we had this th- this thread on the board, but you guys have been out there as a fan experience. What do you want to see spent? How do you want fifty-seven million dollars? And I know a lot of that's going to stuff we'll never see. What do, What do you think you would like to see from the amenities of that stadium? How big should it be? What do you think they got to look at in making that thing? Um, an even better home field advantage and obviously a much nicer facility. I think, I think a roof for the porches is something that would be really good just because, I mean, when you get cold days, when you get wet days, like you can kind of keep the heat in or keep the, the, the rain off of you. Um, you know, I mean, those things are to me, the best value in Tennessee athletics for the number of tickets you get for what it costs for the number of games they have. Um, just just a really neat experience out there. Um, and, and he can take his that, own steak. However, they have grills. AP can take his own meat. You don't have to worry about concessions. This is Drew. I'm just taking my own fillets. You know, I mean, how big do you think it should be? I don't. How big would it be? I think they should extend it down down the right field line, and I would like to see it, you know, wrapped around. I mean, they're, excuse me, extended down the left field line, and you know, there's nothing behind right field like I would like to see you know bleachers you know not huge but a couple of thousand I say no more than six thousand fans going down right and going down left just to make it look like a little more of a grown-up baseball facility I I honestly I mean I'm with AP I mean if you want to put some roof roofs over the porches but having been out there having knowing a bunch of people having a bunch of buddies that that that's how they go to games I honestly wouldn't touch that I mean, you know, you could make it nicer and it's aluminum, but I, I think the people that 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 that's their thing, 
they love the porches. I mean, the atmosphere, the, the ambiance. I mean, oh yeah. I mean, what I'm saying is just putting is making it better for those people by putting a roof. No, I agree with that. I, but as far as like making it something permanent, you know, brick, concrete, you know, making it a more traditional, you know, just just bleacher baseball seating, I wouldn't. I would keep it like it is. I mean, maybe you, you do something to to stiff it up a little bit. But the ambiance out there is 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 pretty nice. So so do you you, you agree six thousand? Would you go any bigger than that? I man, I mean, being, being there and know, and just knowing people in the community and how how much juice they have right now, I mean, I think you might be able to go a little bigger. I mean, I don't think ten or twelve, but I, I think that's insane. But I, I'm at six. I'm with AP. I'm, I I think that you need to have. I think it always needs to be a tough ticket. It it's a tough to ticket right now. Right. And I think that's what you need to have. I think part of the problem that you have with these facilities is that they're just they're just too big. I mean, don't you think it's too big. Uh, I mean, I mean, you got eight. a new you got a new downtown bar, ballpark coming down coming down there as well. You may have a lot of baseball. I mean, I I mean I I, I could see somewhere between 6 and 7. I don't know that I would go all the way to 8. I really don't. Um but um We'll see. I mean, it's, it's obviously got to be nicer and it's got to be improved, but that'll be something that Danny White's going to be asked about. I think just the, the facade, I think the facade, especially, you know, back there, you know, where the press box is, has got to be improved. You know, I, I just think, I just think you want it. First of all, you know, they need to get an elevator and put it in. So, you know, if you have any handicapped media, they can go to the press box. They currently have never had that. And somehow that's not been an issue, which blows my mind. Um, you know, but I mean, like little things like that are, are to me are, are important up pieces. I mean, look at Neyland. I mean, like Neyland is a really old stadium. I mean, let's face it, a lot of it is, you know, decaying in, in certain ways. But yet when they went out there and they put the brick around the facade and stuff, it just gave it a better look, gave it a cleaner look. You no know? question. Yeah. You I, mean, know? I, mean, I think you can do a cleaner look and it not pay that much more money to make it look clean. And then just, you know, improve the, the fan experience. I mean, I think what they do – Little things like you know where the kids run the bases on Sunday after the third game is is really neat. You know my kids love that. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think that they're they're very fan friendly there at, at the park, and um, I know that that'll be something that is talked about with Danny White at the Big Orange Caravan uh, starting tonight in Chattanooga. What do, what do you think the talking points are going to be out of the Tennessee camp for the Big Orange Caravan? Is there is there an overriding message out there, or is it just going to be continual? Well, I think it's- I mean, don't, don't you think things are pretty dang great right now in every sport that people care about? I mean, I mean, just one I mean, football finally, finally seems like it's in, in a good spot. I mean, again, what you just said, Rob, football, but it, it's the three sports, the three main sports. I mean, if you like women's basketball, throw that one in there. Yeah, I mean, for the first time, for the first time since in basically 20 years, Tennessee's going to make a bowl game, go to the NCAA tournament in baseball and, and, and basketball. Yep. And in, and in women's, of course, they always go in women's basketball. So this is a victory lap. You think this is a I, victory tour? Don't you think so? I think that's a good way of putting it. It is. But I, I mean, I think, you know, for, for, for Danny, he's got to address the, 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 the Tony Vitello, you know, stadium renovations, that type of stuff, you know, and then just, you know, just continue to, you know, be visible. Uh, you know, again, I think that that's as important as anything, you know, for these fans is, you know, feeling like that, you know, some of these coaches and administrators are one of them. He's one of us, you know, you know, being out there, being amongst everyone. I think that's super important. 
I mean, and, and of course, you know, they're going to be asking for donations and money. And then there's going to be some NIL talk. I'm sure that, that some people will have with, with, with some questions as well. So big orange caravan gets kicked off uh, tonight in Chattanooga as uh, they go this week and next week with five stops. I believe it is on the big orange caravan as they hit Chattanooga, Tri-Cities, Nashville, Memphis, and Atlanta uh, on this caravan stop. Um, bouncing around here, a couple other quick things here. We'll, we'll hit into recruiting in just a second. We'll hit into a little bit of hoops. Spring games are in the books, uh, I think, pretty much around the league. I guess Mississippi State's still going to do a scrimmage next week. Um, I, I know you mentioned that, that that power pole was a joke and all those early things are, but who are you buying coming out of the spring in the SEC? Who are you buying? Who are you not buying? I mean, Bama and then – Okay, Bama and Georgia are givens, right? All right, everybody's I mean, buying How much does Georgia guys. lose? I mean, you keep looking at these mock drafts. I told you this the other day, Hubbard. I see guys from Georgia going like in the third round that I don't even remember seeing on the two deep, you know, right in, three, you know, right in the matchup piece. I'm like, who is this cat? He's, but, I mean, they're losing a ton. I mean, I, and I know Kirby's been stacking top five recruiting classes on top of one another for four years, but do they not take a step back? They lose both those running backs. They, lose they do backs. defensively. Um, well, now, offensively, they lose a lot of skill. You know, they lost Burton, Pickens, you know. White. Running backs. Uh, the other know. running back, a Cook. Uh, the thing is, is, like, the East is not very, you know, to me it's, I mean, it's, you know, it's just, you know, okay. You know, in the West, you know, they, you know, who do they play? They play Auburn every year. They're down they in the lame duck year. Who's their other West opponent? I've not looked at their schedule. Point is, they're still set up to be right there in Atlanta. You know, again, that's why I continue to say, and all these, you know, old school Vol fans can, you know, tweet at me and and met, talk to me on the board about it. AP, don't say it. Don't say it, AP. That Alabama game kills Tennessee. Oh! Hey, man, I, look, I love the tradition as much as anybody. Love it. You won't find anybody on, on in here that loves tradition and nostalgia and all that more than me, period. Period. But like when you factor in that, you know, as long as Nick's there, Tennessee hadn't won since 2006, you're looking at a guaranteed loss every year. So if you run the table, you know, against Georgia and Florida, you know, which, you know, only, you know, only Butch could do this. But I mean, like, like it just, it, it makes things really, really hard for Tennessee. You know, I mean, look at, you know, you know, look at what Georgia goes through, look at what Florida goes through. LSU has their kind of comes and goes, Auburn has their comes and goes. Alabama's always there. They don't get that game. So, again, I mean, I get it. I, I love the third Saturday in October as much as anybody. But when you look at Tennessee trying to get to Atlanta, they almost have to be flawless to get there as long as Alabama's on the schedule with Nick Saban and, and Tuscaloosa. Georgia, Georgia, by the way, gets Auburn and Mississippi State out there of the West. Go. Tennessee gets LSU and Alabama. There you go, Hubs. Yeah, you would straight up trade that each and each and every week. So um, we'll see what happens with expansion and, and pods or whatever they're going to do. How will they disrupt some rivalries in those games? And, and what will they do, you know, moving forward there? Are you guys buying the South Carolina no. increase? There's a lot. No. I mean, you got Spencer I, Rattler talking about the how awful his life was at Oklahoma and how miserable that was. And Yeah, that, that comes across as, as, uh, as, as sore loser to me. You, know, you got it. You got I'm all not these, buying it. You're not buying. You're not buying I, Carolina. No, I, I'm not. Not buying Carolina. I am not buying. Um, what I am. I'll tell you what. What I am buying is that. You know, that's more of a question mark game for me. It's in Columbia. 
what will he be like? Maybe maybe he'll be the same turnover-prone guy he was at Oklahoma, or maybe he's better. You don't know. Nobody knows. So, like, to me, it's just more of a question mark. You know, instead of a lay-down win, which Tennessee crushed him a year ago, more, more of a question mark. You know, I, I think JT Daniels not going to Missouri and going to West Virginia, that was good for Tennessee. That makes that Missouri game way more winnable. You know, um, I'm not buying that they're going to be some contender in the East. You know, I know some 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 guys, you know, who just love Beamer. A lot of that's just Beamer knows how to work the media, so all of a sudden they just get this kind of faux hype going. Rob, I'm I'm not buying it at all. I mean, this it, it just based off last year. I mean, they were so bad. I mean, they I'm I'm not saying that they can't be they won't be better. I mean, I think they will be better, but I'm not, I'm not remotely buying there's gonna be this huge jump i'll tell you the one i'm surprised about i was looking you know it's breezing through like some preseason rankings pittsburgh uh i look at something i mean they're, they're like a borderline top 10 team well well in the fpi you know that that that's where that's where everybody kind of got their panties on last week that fpi is so ridiculous like teams that like lost uh you know a mint and don't have that much returning are, are somehow in that top 25. Well, I like, think there was no I Arkansas didn't... in the top 25. There was no Tennessee in the top 25. And when you look at, you know, you know, even go back to you know, Jesse's rankings, you know, quarterback rankings, you know, Bryce Young, then the next two are the quarterback at Arkansas and the quarterback at Tennessee. Well, we all know it's a quarterback-driven game. So, you well, know. And, and speaking, I didn't realize that Pittsburgh got the USC transfer. They did, that yeah. quarterback, Slovis. I mean, not, and not that he's fantastic, but, you know, that – Obviously, kind of eases eases the loss of uh, Pickett a little bit. Yeah, but I, I, that really caught me off guard that they were borderline. You know, they're they're ranked in between tenth and fifteenth point in the preseason. Yeah, they um they they lost quite a bit, but I mean the the the, the quarterback situation will, will help them there. Uh, they had a bunch of super seniors, so we'll see how they go. That, I don't think that's a lay down, but I don't think Pitt's going to be as talented as they were a, a year ago for for sure. Um, but the quarterback situation definitely helps him there. All right, AP, let's hit a couple of recruiting things here. Um, Kyler Casper obviously goes to Oregon. He's reclassifying into the class of, um, of this year of 22. He's going to hopes to be there in August. Um, Tennessee is coaches are getting ready to hit the road in recruiting. Let, let's start with receivers. Um, coaches on the, are on the road recruiting today. Yeah. On, on the, on the Casper deal, any, I know you talked about it some in the chat. You've talked about some on the board. Anything else there you feel like needs to be clarified, or is this just a situation where it just didn't work out with him in Tennessee and he's at Oregon and, and on to the next wide receivers? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, for for Tennessee, you know, it just again, it's a matter of, you know, determining a kid's value versus what, a, you know, a kid's – you know, or, or family thinks the kid's value is. And that can be, you know, two totally different things. Um, I, I still think you have to look at this like the NFL, offensive tackles, quarterbacks, edge pass rushers, corners. Then I would go receivers, you know, are going to be more than, you know, guards, linebackers, safeties even. Um, uh, so, uh, you know, I just uh, – when you look at the pegging order of, you know, NIL opportunities. I just think there's more for tackles and quarterbacks and edge pass rushers than there are receivers. And so, um, so it's pretty as simple as that. I mean, I, you know, 
I, I just don't feel like it's fair to get into that whole deal. Sure. You know, I mean, I, you know, I, I know everybody on the board just wants me to lay it out there, but again, sometimes just, you know, the board and, and everybody just, I mean, like it just, it's, it doesn't behoove anybody, you know, too many other targets on the board, um, you know, for Tennessee to go get, including Carnell Tate, you know, including, you know, plenty of offensive linemen, edge pass rushers. So we'll see where things go. Well, at receiver outside of Carnell Tate, where, where do you see Tennessee potentially t- turning for, for, for long term? I mean, obviously they're trying to get Brew McCoy to come in and help this year if they could land the transfer there. But but in terms of other receivers on the board, we got Carnell Tate. We, we one would think Devin Hyatt has a chance to to climb up Tennessee's board. Who who else do you see there as they go out and do some spring evaluations at the receiver position? Well, you you have the kid from Virginia, uh, Cameron. Uh, what's his last name? It escapes me. It starts with an S. Um, uh, then you have Nathan Laycock, who's out of uh, out of North Carolina. You have uh, you know, uh, you know, Hyatt's definitely on there, you know, but some of these kids, I mean, like, you know, like a guy like Justin Brown, who I think Tennessee, you know, liked a couple months ago, I think they'd love to see him come camp, see how he competes. I mean, he's not the tallest receiver, you know, out there. So to me, I would liken his game more to like Bayless Jones, as far as like, he's kind of stocky, more built, you know, than he is like kind of a longer long strider, that type of thing. I think Tennessee would love to see him come camp. Um, same thing with, you know, a couple of different guys. All Cameron right. Seldon, Seldon, Seldon. Yeah. Okay. Uh, j- just quickly, w- where's Tennessee's priority on the road this week? I know you will, we'll have more in the war room, but w- where's Tennessee kind of the priority for them there? And, and then uh, I guess we need to talk about tr- uh, Trevor Duncan. What, what, what were your thoughts on Tennessee getting him as well? Well, I thought, you know, Tennessee and Trevor Duncan this early was huge. Again, a month ago, Trevor Duncan was talking about August and September, and then that just kind of morphed into I'm ready to be done. Let's get it over with. Tennessee's the school. Uh, I'm never going to – I think it's great that Tennessee got Nathan Robinson and Trevor Duncan, two big boys. I mean, they're they're, they're just big. And they're not sloppy. I mean, and, and really neither is Aiden Bustle. I mean, Aiden Bustle is kind of your prototypical offensive lineman. But like, uh, there ain't a whole lot of fat on him either. There's no fat on Dunk. I mean, like, he's 275 hubs. You were there. He looks like he's 240, you know. And, you know, when he puts on 25 pounds against the 300, he's going to look like he's 260. Like, he's just ripped. So, you know, getting guys with size, that, that to me, that's just a win. What were you asking me a second ago before that, though? Where, where, where do you think they? Where do you think they head? What What are the priorities for them as they head out on the road? Is there well, I, is there I a region? Is there a position? Is, or is this just? Well, I, are they working I, ahead for 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 the next I, class? I think they'll go trying to potentially go JUCOs some okay. this week. Um, you know, and then next week I think it's when you'll see them. You know, go see Rico Walker. Go see Carnell Tate. Go see you know kind of their top end high school guys because. Next week's when a lot of spring practices start. Coaches want to go out and, and watch a practice, man. Sure. They do. I mean, they, if they, you know, like they, they would much rather go see a spring practice and just kind of watch how a kid, you know, works, watch how he moves, you know, see the ankle stiffness or the whatever. Ankle stiffness. <laughs> you know, that's something all coaches talk I about. Once had, I once had a coach, AP, tell, AP, you ever had, had one tell you? I, was, I once had a coach tell me they would not recruit a kid with fat ankles at a skill position. Uh, I, I've had numerous coaches tell me that 
you know, such and such had poor bone density <laughs> over the years. I'm like, well, like how do you determine bone density? Do you smack them in the in the leg with a with a hammer? See the reflexes. This this assist this this assistant coach. This was at a practice, and then Dave Bradshaw. If you hear this, I love you. But what is it? There was a coach who did not recruit you, but coached you. Then pointed at you and said, "You see Bradshaw's ankles? I re- I wouldn't have recruited him." <laughs> Because Dane Bradshaw has big ankles. Big yeah. ankles. All right, Tennessee's on the road recruiting. We got full coverage of where they're at and where they're going to be at and who all is going on. You never know what's going to happen the remainder of this month as well on the recruiting front. Um, Basketball-wise, Rob, as we wrap up here, heading out, getting ready to head out the door, everybody wants to know what this roster makeover is going to look like. I, I've said it. I've asked you. You've talked about it for nearly two weeks now. It just continues to feel like there's going to be an international flair here to fill out this roster. Is there anything you can kind of throw out on where Tennessee is in building the roster? Well, they're getting Tyreek Key on campus this week. Any other state transfer, right. he's going to be he's going to visit. I think that was very realistic, kind of a combo guard. Um, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, he's got a lot of options, but he's also an in-state kid from Salina. Was a really really good high school player. Had a great career at Indiana State. Um, We'll see what happens there. I expect Santiago to be back, but that would just be a real surprise to me if he, you know, I don't, I don't think he's getting drafted by the NBA, but he would certainly have overseas options if he wanted to pursue that. But that one, uh, again, just would, would really surprise me. Julian Phillips is out there on the high school front. I, I think that one is, is very realistic. You know, I'm not saying that that's not a lay down for Tennessee. They are in an absolute dogfight. Uh, Florida State's in there. G League is a possibility, but then, and then everybody's trying to get in. Gonzaga's trying to get in. Duke's trying to get in. Right now, you know, he's he's not visited any other places. If he if he does, you know, decide to take some of those visits, then obviously things get dicier. Uh, but if if it's really just Tennessee and Florida State, I, I kind of like Tennessee's chances um, there with Phillips, and and that would be a big time addition. Don't necessarily see any other high school additions. I mean, I, I wouldn't just completely rule it out. I mean, Tennessee's trying with a couple of guys, but um, they would have to get some of those guys to campus for a visit for, for me to think it's realistic. Do, do you think the the transfer, the, the rush of hoops transfers, guys going in the portal is is, is slowing? Do, do you think that – or do you think there's another run yet? There's going to be another run. You're going to see some of these guys who submitted their names to the draft. Okay. That – Really, I don't think had any attention to go to the draft, but wanted to get some feedback, want to see sure. where they stand. I think you're going to see some of those guys once, you know, they either go to the combine or just talk to some agents or something, pull their names out and then transfer. I don't, it's not going to be as much as there was, you know, that first week after the season, but I think you're going to see another, another little run. All right. We'll see where Tennessee's at with uh, all these guys, who they can get on campus and what happens. We'll have that covered for you, obviously, all at VolQuest.com. That's going to do it for this edition of the VolQuest.com Tuesday podcast presented by our good friends at Smoky Mountain Organics. For Austin Price and Rob Lewis, I'm Brett Hubbs. Thanks for joining us. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, everybody. been listening to the VolQuest podcast every week here on VolQuest.